0: Satnam, beautiful sovereign woman, Satnam, and welcome back to the Sovereign Woman Movement podcast. Where today we're going to be diving deep into a topic that probably resonates with a lot of us, especially as it relates to being a sovereign woman, but that many of us don't necessarily want to talk about or address. In fact, many of us are probably not even aware of it. And a lot of it, it has to do with guilt and having this sensation of. I should feel differently, or I should have received more nurturing love. What I'm referring to that we're going to be speaking about today is what is known as the mother wound. And this is a very deeply engraved ancestral karmic imprint that's more than just a personal experience. This is a legacy that is passed down from generation, through generation, through generation that affects how we see ourselves and how safe we feel in our bodies and our place in this entire world. We're gonna talk about the spiritual and scientific perspectives of not just understanding the mother wound, but also healing it because it's through the healing journey and process that we finally disrupt the pattern. So welcome and thank you so, so much for being here. Happy new moon in Sagittarius. If you're listening to this today live, or if you're catching this within this second week of December already, I believe it is. I'm so on the late train. I've been so completely overwhelmed and just busy that I haven't even gotten my Christmas tree. So you can only imagine the craziness of uh my life right now. In addition today, not only is it a new moon in Sagittarius, which is asking us to dream bigger than we've ever dreamt before it also is a day of celebration in mexico we celebrate our virgen de guadalupe which is many of you know her as our lady of guadalupe i know her as tonantzin which she is the indigenous serpent mother the goddess mother who was already appearing to the indigenous uh, people up in the mountain of the tepetatec in mexico And I think it's so symbolic and beautiful that we're talking about today, the mother wound on on a new moon in Sagittarius that is so potent with opportunity to expand and to heal, as well as on the day that we celebrate the cosmic mother. Because this serpent mother, La Virgen de Guadalupe, doesn't belong to a religion. She is the mother of all the children of the world. And so if you have ever felt alone in this world, if you have ever felt a disconnection from your own mother. This episode is not only in divine timing for you, but in direct alignment with how ready you are to actually heal. So welcome and thank you so much for being here. So for us to really learn how to heal the mother moon, we have to learn to understand. And I want to start by saying that there is no mother in this world, no mother, not you as a mother, not your own mother, that consciously, Consciously chooses to neglect or or fail to nurture her children consciously. Often, if not a hundred percent of the time, as mothers, we don't realize our mothers didn't realize that we were unconsciously neglecting or not nurturing our children. Why? Because of her own pain. So if she was going through her own emotional pain, her own depression her own trauma that she never received healing for. It wasn't that she didn't love you or that she didn't want to give you the love. In fact, she probably wanted to break all the patterns and everything that she went through herself, just the way you also want that. But because of the lack of healing, unconsciously and subconsciously, those patterns were not only being repeated, but you yourself are now suffering from those Patterns that need to be disrupted at the level of the DNA, not with the pharmaceutical, with the antidepressant or a fast fix. I'm talking about at the level of the DNA. Many mothers, and maybe even you, they did not receive love from their own mothers, so they struggle to give to you what they never received. Just as much as you might struggle also to give to your children. And I'm talking, I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about the material things. I'm talking about the love, the attention, the presence. Because I think so many of us get the word trauma wrong and twisted. Trauma and and the perfect explanation of trauma was given to me by, uh, I heard it first from Dr. Gabor Mate. He's a trauma-informed doctor, therapist. He's worked with many people that have suffered some of the most tragic and traumatic experiences in their life. And what he's talking about when he talks about trauma, is that trauma is not what happened to you. So it's not the physical abuse, the sexual abuse, your mom hitting you when you were a child, your mom not being present. It's what happens inside of you because of that experience. So what happens inside of us is brain dysfunction, nervous system irregulation, cortisol uh, flooding of the body, which is the stress hormone that makes us really, really sick. So the, the, it's not the event, it's what happened within us and see trauma doesn't always mean the physical abuse or the sexual abuse or the, or the emotional abuse. Trauma comes in many shapes and sizes, because when you were growing up between the ages of zero to seven, your brain was still developing and your brain, especially during those ages, there are Basic needs that a child needs in order for their brain to develop in a healthy manner. There are things that if we like if we don't receive nurturing love, if we don't receive attention, if we're not seen by our mothers because they're going through their own emotional pain or their stress, that is just as as horrible as like not feeding a child. We, especially between the ages of zero to seven, not not only need that nurturing environment and that love from our parents it literally is what allows us to stay alive like you need community even as an adult this is proven by science you need community just as much as you need food and water when you were growing up that was even more important why because your brain was still developing and because your brain was still developing if mom let's say mom went to work and she comes home and she's tired, and she's stressed because of work, there's not enough money going on in in your house, right? She gets home, and she's angry. She's not angry at you, but she's angry, and she's stressed, and she has depression, or she has anxiety. You as a child between the ages of zero to seven, you don't know that it's not because of you that she's upset, even if she told you, even if she said, I'm upset because of work. As a child, between zero to seven, all we want is approval. All we want is our mother's love. So if she's stressed, you equate that unconsciously and subconsciously to your work. Now, all of a sudden, you think there's something wrong with me. I'm not worthy. Why am I not lovable? These are the programs that get embedded, not just in subconscious mind. They get embedded in your nervous system and in your brain. And it doesn't stop there. In fact, it is scientifically proven that your nervous system is pre-wired inside of your mother's womb. So when she was pregnant with you, if she was going through a lot of chaos, if there was abuse in her life, if there was neglect, your nervous system was already getting wired with those experiences. So this is why some babies, when they're born as well, you know, they cry more. They're much more fuzzy. You know, they're not as content. And that leads us to another thing. Many children, especially if you're born in the 80s and in the 90s, back then there was a certain therapist or I don't know if he was a family psychologist who wrote this book who started to teach women, mothers, that if their babies cried, that they shouldn't pick them up. They, he invented what is known as night sleeping, which basically said, if you hear your baby cry in the nighttime, let them cry themselves to sleep because they're going to, that's how they're, the only way they're going to learn to be able to, uh, to learn to be able to sleep through the night. And I remember that, and me, us, me too, even growing up, my mom would say, don't pick up the baby a lot because um lo vas a embraselar is what they say it in Spanish, which means you're going to get the baby used to your, holding the baby all day. So, you know, you're, you're trying to be a, a good parent, you know, you're trying to do the best you can for yourself and for the baby. But did you know that when we let a baby cry, especially in the nighttime or any time when we don't nurture them, that baby doesn't know that it's because you're training them to go to sleep. Did you know that their brains become flooded with cortisol, the stress hormone? Flooded with cortisol, which starts to develop abandonment issues, attachment issues, and also the, the idea that I'm not good enough, that my mom doesn't love me. As a young child, why? Because and, and as a parent, I knew that there was an intuitive sense in me that said, "Pick up the baby, pick up the baby." But I didn't want to damage the baby, right? So we think we're doing the right thing. Our intuition tells us otherwise, but because a doctor told us or we read this book, all of a sudden now we're following. We're not listening to our intuition. And don't even get me started on post traumatic stress disorder or postpartum disorder. Which is a whole other avenue of where mom feels completely lost and disconnected and cannot spiritually, hormonally, horm- not harmoniously, arm- based on her hormones, uh, mentally, emotionally, she cannot be there for the child. It's I think I, the statistics says that there's a 20% uh, increase of women getting postpartum depression after having a child, which many times goes unrecognized and unacknowledged which can cause serious problems. Because when a mother and a child cannot bond, they grow up to develop even a more serious mental health situation, which is called RAD. It's called uh, Radical Attachment Disorder. That's what it stands for. Many children who are adopted or who were not raised with their parents suffer from this. Where you see children at six, at seven, at eight years old, they're violent they're abusive, they want to bite, you know, even you see this with uh, adoptive parents, like adopting a baby, and they treat the baby with love, they give the the baby uh, nurturing, they, they, they flood the baby with a beautiful environment. And why does the baby adopted seven, eight, as a teen, start to rebel? Why do they start to get angry, even if they don't know that they're adopted? Well, this is developed, especially in early childhood, when a mother and a, and a son or daughter cannot bond. And it's again, it's not like the mother's doing it because she's an evil human being. If you're going through postpartum depression, I didn't have it with my first son. I had it with my second son. And I didn't even know I had it. I actually didn't realize I had it until years later when I was on my healing journey. So if I could not be physically, mentally, and spiritually present for that, child doesn't know that so the child starts to develop a lot of issues around attachment a lot of issues around neglect or a lot of issues around abandonment so trauma is not very like straightforward or very just one-sided there's so many steps and paths that it can take that affects us but ultimately it's not the experience it's what happened within us because if you went through a traumatic experience as a child if you were seen if you had an environment a community Where you were acknowledged for the pain, where you were uh, actually allowed to speak about it and not just tuck it under the rug, your that experience is not going to affect your brain or your nervous system the way it is for someone who was not seen, was not allowed to talk about it, and had to basically tuck it under the rug. So that's why these patterns keep repeating, especially as it relates to uh, mother relationships, when you know we intrinsically feel guilty for not loving or not being able to forgive our mothers even though we know that they did the best they could but it's not behavioral this is not something that we could just be like i'll get over it or you know some there's even books written i i saw one recently that said uh, i won't be happy until my mother dies or i was happy until my mother died i get it i i get that there have been mothers that have been so unconscious so hurt by their own emotional traumatic pain that they have really abused their daughters or their sons. I get it. I understand that. And I'm not saying that you need to go hang out with your mom or you need to go have coffee with her or all these different things. What I'm saying is that you need to heal yourself so that through that, you can disrupt the pattern and not keep passing these patterns down generation to generation, which is what happens. We just hold this resentment. We hold this anger, even if we don't talk about it or we try to hide it, especially because of the level of guilt that we carry of, wow, me even saying the words I dislike my mother or I have anger towards her, that deep down, there's a feeling of guilt. There's this inner child. which We talked a lot about childhood trauma within you that says, oh, my gosh, I wish I could just love her. I wish I could just find a way to forgive her. So the mother wound can start in many different facets of our life. It, it can start in early childhood. It can start in, in, um, in the womb where our nervous systems are pre-wired by our mother's nervous system. And it can also escalate and, and expand as we become adults, especially when we're not managing our stress. So if we are managing our stress with alcohol, that is only uh, culminating the problem. It's making it bigger and bigger and bigger. And again, don't judge yourself for coping mechanisms like alcohol, like drugs, like sex, like social media, whatever it is that you use for coping mechanism. You know, we talked about addiction in another episode as well as one of the most common ancestor karmic patterns. But believe me, as a as someone who overcame and healed an addiction to alcohol, it was the guilt and the, and the uh, anger towards my coping mechanisms that kept me in those revolving patterns. It wasn't until I started to do the inner healing work of, of Kundalini yoga therapy and meditation and, and spiritual psychotherapy of a course in miracles, which started to heal my nervous system, my brain that I started to, instead of hate those coping mechanisms, I started to thank them and say, you know what, it's time for me to let go because you did help me for a very long time, deal with the pain. But now it's time to see you say goodbye, you know, do not be angry at yourself or the way you're coping with life based on this very deep pain and wounds that we carry. That's the, the farthest thing that you want to do. You want to acknowledge and become aware. And And what I do is my practice, right? My daily meditation and spiritual practice, because this practice doesn't force you to be a good, a good tissue or to stop doing things. It's just that your nervous system starts to become so healed and your brain starts to become so agile. And you start to have this divine connection with God that, all of a sudden, the awareness is like, do you really need that? Like, you're actually good. Like, you start to hear this voice within you that starts to say, oh, my God, I, I feel good today. I, I What? This is the first day that I, I felt content. I felt happy. This is the first day that I'm not boiling in anger or have all this pent-up resentment for people that should have treated me better, perhaps, but couldn't because they themselves were in a spiraling pattern. So please do not allow guilt to then try to put you in these hamster wheels of "I'll never get out of this." This is more about awareness and and realizing that there is a path to healing that doesn't include traditional antidepressant pharmaceuticals at all. And so what we want to talk about here now is the healing journey. You know what do we do to actually disrupt these patterns? Because you know for me, traditional therapy never worked. Uh, all these other ways of basically just putting a band-aid on the situation have never really gotten to the root, which is ultimately the nervous system and the brain. So what we have to do in order for us to do this is we have to understand that it's not just about emotions, right? It, It is the emotions that circulate through our body, but it affects our physical body. Every physical disease starts with an emotion. So it's, emotional, it's physical, but it's also spiritual. Because when we don't, or when we have the perception that we don't have our mother's love, what starts to happen is that we believe that God doesn't love us. So we start to create a very negative, toxic relationship with God herself. We start to believe that God is unfair and punishes us. So we have to go through both a spiritual... Uh, healing journey, but also the biophysical scientific journey in order for us to really disrupt these patterns. So the way that actually starts to, what that looks like is we have to learn to use specific techniques, holistic healing techniques that disrupt the pattern at the level of the nervous system and at the brain. And these techniques are not fast, quick fixes. This is not a pharmaceutical what this relates to and what this looks like for me specifically is Kundalini Yoga Meditation Therapy. Why that is, is because we are basically a vibration of sound and energy. You are comprised of the thoughts and the feelings and emotions you're constantly having, whether they're conscious or not. Most of us are unconscious 90 to 95% of the day. So we're vibrating this, basically, uh, we're projecting a vibration That is then creating a reality. It's bringing to us like a magnet, all these different experiences. So when you start to introduce meditation practices like Kundalini Yoga, which is the science of energy, it's the science of basically disrupting and alchemizing energy to use it to create instead of to destroy. What you're doing is you're going into the aspects of the nervous system and the brain to change the way your nervous system responds, to instead of secrete all these cortisol hormones from stress, which we're constantly under, we start to release the good chemicals into our body. Because when you meditate with these practices, they start to basically open up areas of the brain, regions of the brain start to turn on which instead of secreting that nasty cortisol, which has been secreting in your brain since you were a baby because of the lack of love and attention and nurturing, you start to secrete the good chemicals. In fact, there are three there's areas of the brain that when they all start to secrete these three areas, they start to create an area in the brain that is known as the cave of Brahma, like a pool of of fluids. This pool of fluids through neuroplasticity, through meditation, Is what creates the mystical experience and when the mystical experience is no past no present you're in the now and in the now you're able to shift your perception because most of us see we have the reason that these patterns are engraved in the nervous system is because we have a perception we believe unconsciously that our mothers don't love us that we're not lovable that there's something wrong with us because Dear Lord, God gave us a mother. That's like the only person that should love us unconditionally, right? Well, if she didn't love herself unconditionally and she had all this emotional trauma, she couldn't. So when you start to shift and you start to regulate your emotions, meaning you rewire your nervous system and you start to change the structure of your brain through these meditation practices, which are sound, mantra. It's a sound frequency that gets replaced from the old thought patterns you had. And what starts to develop is basically your ability to go beyond your patterns of thinking. You start to have shifts of perception, which is exactly what a miracle is. It is not what happens on the outside. It's the shift in perception. Because if you can shift your thoughts about what happened to you, that's not enabling. Or just telling someone, all right, you did it because you were hurt. That's not enabling. That's healing because now... You're shifting the blame or not, or you're shifting even the need to find them. You're focused on healing yourself. You're focused on rewiring the brain and the nervous system that was wired in the womb as you were growing up and for generations and generations and generations. It wasn't just with you. So what the practice does is that it goes fundamentally into the rewiring of the nervous system, into the rewiring of the brain so that we could start to begin the process of forgiveness. And that's really where the uh, process of the spiritual healing comes into play. For me, that that took a, a an incredible journey of studying A Course in Miracles. I became first a student back in 2008 and I rejected the teachings so much. The reason that I did that, but none, and thank you so much for joining us, is because the foundation of those teachings was forgiveness. And see for us, especially if, even if you've been the perpetrator, or you are the person who has abused or has neglected, it is much easier to stay in the mentality of I am a victim. I'm mad at God, even though we're not saying this out loud, than it is to shift the, the responsibility and to take our power back and say, you know what? I may not be able to change someone or change what happened, but I definitely can change my perception and I can definitely learn to forgive myself and others in order to stop drinking the venom. So as I embarked on my journey of forgiveness, the the feeling was not necessarily something that I enjoyed because for so long I used the identity of victimization, of I've been victimized, in order to give myself permission to be angry, in order to give myself to be had to get permission to be dysfunctional, to, to be unconscious, to have the addictions, to to continue in the patterns of toxic relationships and, and basically life not working out. So as I started to actually do the spiritual psychotherapy work, which is deeper than any type of uh, therapy I've ever experienced at all, I started to relinquish the chains of resentment that I had towards not just my mother, but everything that occurred to me growing up as a child, and then also all the things that I perpetrated as an unconscious woman, soul, uh, unconscious mother as well. Because as I was going through my own emotional pain, even though I was physically there for my kids, you know, financially, they never needed anything or anything of that nature. I was not fully present for them at all either. I was repeating the same pattern that my mom was repeating. I couldn't be there fully present for them, because I was dealing with my own emotional pain. So the work of forgiveness became instrumental, because beyond me trying to forgive my mother for her not being able to be there for me because of her own pain, I had to forgive myself. I had to forgive myself for not being there for my children, emotionally, not noticing and acknowledging when they needed me emotionally and spiritually. And you know, you ask my children, same thing as if you ask me, you know, now, if you ask me, you know, how was your childhood? I will tell you, I, I, have, I have the best parents. I have the best mom. I really mean that. And if you ask my children, they'll tell you, you're the best mom. My, my son just told me that the other day. Now, I do believe that they say that now because of the major healing that I went through and the metamorphoses and the changes. But the whole thing about it is that we as mothers, we feel super guilty. We feel super We have so much resentment and regret about the way we raised our children. And if you're a mother who is raising young children now, please use this as your your, marking pivotal point of learning to heal yourself so you could be present for them, so that they don't have to go through the same neglect patterns or feeling that they're not worthy or enough. Again, not because they're not, it's because of the emotional pain that you've been through yourself. So the spiritual healing that I went through was very difficult. It was very confrontational, yet it took me to this moment of liberation of not only relinquishing the resentment that I had for my mother, but also the resentment that I actually had for myself and how many ways I actually felt so completely disconnected, not just for me, but from the cosmic moment, from believing that I was ever alone, that I was ever uh, left to figure this all by myself, when I started to heal spiritually, I made that healing not only with my earthly mother, but with the cosmic mother, with the serpent mother. For me, that is the Lady Guadalupe or Lady Guadalupe, it's Ari Shakti. In Kundalini Yoga, we know her as Adi Shakti energy. There is a cosmic, universal mother that protects all of us. So regardless of what your mother, relationship, daughter, relationship is, you've all never been alone and that spiritual healing really brought me to that awareness. So spiritually and 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 bio and scientifically we can address the brain, we can address the nervous system. We can learn to shift perceptions and we can learn to do the work of forgiveness, to reflect upon that life has always been happening for us and that everything is healable. I mean ask yourself, what if instead of harboring unacknowledged resentment for my mother wanted to be there for me but couldn't i chose to heal myself i mean what if you learned to forgive not just your mother but yourself what would happen what would happen is you would heal yourself you would heal your mother and you would heal seven generations before and after you because that's exactly what happened in my life and in my lineage's life so i invite you i invite you to join us on this healing journey and if you're here You're already part of it. Thank you. Thank you for being part of this community. Thank you for your messages. Thank you for your emails. Thank you for your comments. Remember, it's not just about healing ourselves. In the end, this community, this movement of sovereign women is about healing our mothers, our grandmothers, our children, and yes, even seven generations after us. Together, we can not only disrupt these patterns, but we can heal at the fundamental core, which is the brain and the nervous system. And remember, this is not just for ourselves. This is for our lineage. There is no shame around this subject matter. What needs to be brought from the darkness to the light is what helps us become conscious. So as you start to admit and acknowledge that healing is necessary, be ready. Because God will then bestow upon you not only the pathway With the right people and the right community. So on this new moon in Sagittarius, on a day where we also celebrate the serpent mother, the cosmic mother herself, I invite you to say yes to the journey. If you yourself are going through any challenges as it relates to healing the mother wound, I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to write me an email, send me a DM, or post a comment below here in the description. By you posting a comment here in the description, Not only are you giving yourself permission to heal, but you're giving other women permission to heal as well. And that's what this movement is all about. I want to thank you all so, so much for your time, for your generosity, for the hearts, for all of the beautiful messages. Know that I see you, know that you're seen, and know that the Cosmic Mother has always, always been me. I love you all dearly. I'll See you again in the next video.